Gospel Message, Week 100, A Tale of Two Thieves. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, from verse 39, we read, And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Dost thou not fear God? seeing thou art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Every time this incident or this Bible passage has come up in a discussion or in a sermon, we sometimes get hung up on what Jesus was referring to when he said today. According to scripture, he descended into hell the third day he rose and ultimately ascended into heaven. So why did he say today to the thief? We Christians often seek to understand the word of God from a, quote, breaking into secret knowledge, quote, perspective. And may the Lord continue to reveal to us the extreme pride in doing that. However, when we come to him as we are meant to come to him as sin sinners in need of a savior, he opens their minds that they might understand the scripture. He opens our minds that we might understand the scripture. Who are the thieves being crucified next to Jesus? They are you and I, mankind. The attitude of each thief also mirrors the true attitude of man whenever he or she answers the question, quote, who do you? say I am, end quote. The mocking thief did not believe in Christ. He'd probably heard of the miracle worker, probably even seen him do his work. So he said what he said with the malcontent of the enemy himself who was speaking through him, mocking and tempting Christ yet again to prove himself outside of the will of the Father. Do we see ourselves in this thief? We should. It is what many of us do. We come to Christ not in repentance, but with entitlement. If you are God, do this for me. You say that you are God, so do this for me. You said this in your word, so do this for me. Constantly, we demand that God prove himself for our benefit. Even though, as often we do when we're going through trials and tribulations, we are hanging on our respective crosses for transgressions that we did commit. We demand that he save us without an ounce of acknowledgement of those transgressions or even remorse and repentance for those transgressions. But yet, we demand 
that he save us by quoting his word almost as an accusation to him. If you said this, then you must do this. We have all acquired the skill of saying, quote, I know I'm not perfect or I know I'm a sinner, end quote. Better yet, we're quick to quote the Bible verse that says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. However, are we grieved by the sinners that we are? Does the knowledge of what our sinful state does to the heart of God break our own hearts? Are we in a state of dejection and depression even because we truly acknowledge our true wretchedness? Or is our depression and sadness simply because we have not received the things in our life that we believe that we deserve or we want or we need? Is that the cause of our sadness that God has not answered our prayers? Or is the cause of our sadness that I know daily I fall short of God's grace? I know daily I am a sinner and even if I am getting punished, I am deserving of that because I have not done right by God. What is the cause of our dejection? What is the cause of our sadness? And that is how we represent the first thief. Then here's the other thief. Head bowed down low on the cross in reverence saying to the mocking thief, do you not fear God? In acknowledgement and genuine repentance and remorse saying, for we receive due reward for our deeds. Then came the faith. Then came the show and testament of faith, not in save me from the punishment, but Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Up until that point, not even the disciples had acknowledged Christ with respect to his heavenly kingdom. But here was this thief on the cross. To believe Jesus had a kingdom meant that the thief also knew that Jesus could save him. But he did not plead for his physical life. He did not plead for his physical needs. Instead, he asks for God's kingdom. He pled for his eternal life. What faith, what humility. We believers often have moments like this during prayer, in revival moments when all is well. But most of us would clearly be lying to ourselves and to God if we said that this was our usual attitude during trials and tribulation or even during well-deserved punishment and hardship. What Jesus said to the thief had very little to do with that thief hanging on that cross. Instead, it was an illustration meant for us. We, the Christians of today, the thieves of today, 
who after living in sin and a self-dominated life, finally end up nailed to our own cross of condemnation, face to face with Jesus, who is nailed to the cross of salvation. Again, think about it. Picture those two thieves nailed up on the cross. They were on there for transgressions that they had committed. Their suffering, their pain, their agony was as a result of things that they were indeed guilty of. Just as we today who profess, and whether it be a genuine or a false humility, we profess that we are sinners. So whatever trial and tribulation we are going through, we can honestly say that we deserve it because we are sinners. But there was Jesus also nailed to a cross, just like they were. But he was not there because of a sin that he had committed. He was there because of love to save us from our sins. But whenever we are going through a tribulation, we're supposed to be up there side by side with Jesus. And we are supposed to look on him just as he is nailed to his cross. When we look at him, which thief are we in that moment? Are we the sneering carnal thief, full of pride and arrogance, guilty of nothing, deserving of all blessings, making demands of Christ? Or are we the thief who acknowledges our wretchedness, acknowledges his majesty, and asks for nothing but his mercy? What Jesus is saying, brethren, in the statement is that when we finally come to him, acknowledging our sinfulness, our hopelessness, our wretchedness, our inadequacy, our miserable state, and when we are seeking the kingdom and of God, Jesus says to us, today, meaning on the day that we come to him in the same state as the broken thief, in the same state as the repentant thief, when we come to him in that state, he says, today, on that day, in that moment, in that instant, he will receive us unto himself. Immediately, instantaneously, he will save us. He, Christ, in that day, in that moment, today, will start to take us on our journey home to where the thief said 
Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Christ responded, Today you will be with me in paradise. In the moment we come to Christ, in the state as the humble, penitent thief, in that day, in that moment, he will start to take us to paradise. Because Jesus said, quote, for where I am, there will my servant be also, end quote. Brethren, we are with him. He is in us. He is in the Father. He is with the Father. The Father is in him, and the Father is with him. Jesus doesn't want us to focus on the things that he can give us on this earth. We already know he's able and capable of giving us everything we need on this earth. He wants us to pour our energies, our focus on his kingdom and for us to allow him to lead us there. While he is leading us there, he assures us that he will make provision for all of our needs on this earth. However, our focus, our gaze must be on eternity, on the kingdom in that day. The day that we enter into his death and arise into new life in him. In that day, today, we will no longer be of the world, but of the heavenly kingdom. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.